episode six of q the duck boats podcast kev how you doing today buddy bro i'm good just happy to be alive had a little scary incident last weekend but we're here man we're here what happened to you buddy tell tell everybody what happened oh i was uh in the backseat of a car that got into a car accident got got knocked around a little but survivor man thank god for seatbelts yeah definitely thank god for seatbelts right kevy and uh, i think we have a little announcement to make after last week's episode we decided that we're going to bring nick on as a third host so nick how you doing buddy oh i'm doing great i'm doing great i'm honored you know this is gonna be a blast i'm very excited and uh you know i'm happy i made up for that island is uh loss and uh, yeah. with the win last week so let's keep it rolling this week yeah we got a couple uh good picks later on Good. Yeah, I don't I don't think I won much last week. I didn't really bet much either. It was the week before I had won a couple. I was like up and down and I didn't really place it in last week. I just didn't get it in time. But I think we're really going to probably focus mostly on the Bruins this week. There's just so much news in the last couple of days. I actually debated us jumping on last night. Um, probably touch on the Patriots a little bit and wrap things up. As you can hear in my voice, I'm a little under the weather. It's kind of like my Jordan flu game, but I'll play through it. I think we'll jump right into the first thing with the Bruins. I mean, Brad Marsh on suspension. How'd you guys feel about it? Whichever you want to jump and start with it. The ball. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think it was just, it was a week. It's like, I get he has that rep, but Marshy's like really come around and changed his game, matured a lot. And it just, he kind of barely touched him compared to what PK Subban's been doing all season. It's a joke by the league. I just, I don't get behind it at all. Don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the classic case of Marshawn caused some drama last week. We're mad at him, but we can't suspend him for somebody throwing a glove at him. So uh, it is our opportunity here. So we'll see you later for three games. And uh, when he comes back, too, they're, uh, they're in Vancouver that yeah. night. So uh, I think we're going to be all over Marshawn, uh, goal scorer anytime. Everything. That. Yeah, we're, I'm all over Marshawn in that game. He comes back. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I think it's absolute bullshit. Um <laughs> You know, he, I mean, it's not like he hid what he said. He said, no one likes you in Russia. Kind of a low blow when Panarin had to, like, go get his family out of Russia last year because he spoke he spoke against Putin. He was scared they're going to kill him. Maybe you don't go there, but still, I mean, that's hockey. Like, we all played sports, right? And, like, but Nick and I played hockey. That's not even close to the worst thing. Yeah, that's said. in the Pee Wee game nothing. last week. So, like, it's just not, it's not, that's not on hockey trip terms by bad at all. But yeah, I, I think it was a soft call. I think really, I mean, it wasn't even called, right? So I think it was a soft suspension. Like Marshawn gets tangled up and his momentum's going backward. He's a smaller dude and they both go down. Subban has done this like five times this year. He Trevor Zegras smacked the back of his head off the ice. Didn't even know what happened to him. Guy gets nothing. It's did like, come get, on. Uh, did he get Sammy Blah too? On the yeah, yeah, Blah. Yeah, MCL, yeah. MCL. Yeah, season. Yeah, he also got Ryan Reese, which is wild move. But I guess I mean Marshy went after Revo too. But still, right. I just like I can't. I can't sit here and be like the NHL did that just because of the slew footing in that one play. Obviously they're looking back at his history and which they shouldn't be because he's out of the 18 months repeat offender. He hasn't been suspended since 2015. It's not, right, it's just, it's bullshit. And you know, here's just, here's some crazy stats for you about Brad Marchand. Right. And they, you know, as he said in his press conference, they don't respect him. They don't respect him for the player he's became. There's only two players that have scored more points after 30 
in their amount of games that Marshawn's played after 30. It's like 220 something. Do you know who those two players are that have scored more points than Marshawn after 30? Uh, I'm going to say one of them is definitely Alex Ovechkin. Wrong. No. Kev, you get one guess. Uh, I'm going with Lemieux. Lemieux and Gretzky are the only two players at, in the amount of games Marshawn's played over 30 have outscored him in that time. So in these years from 30 to 30, wherever he is, 33, he's outscored Ovi. 33. He's outscored all those guys in that, in that time. It's like, so we got to respect Brad Marshawn for who he is. And I think we do as Bruins fans, but the league just doesn't. But I, right, it's I like, it's, I think it's just the, it's the, it's the rap. He started off as a punk, but he had to fight his way into the league. And then you put him on a line with Bergeron and, you know, Mr. Perfect straightens him out right away. And, you know, he's, uh, I'd say best, uh, best winger in the game right now. Yeah. Not even, like, not even close. Like he, uh, I mean, well, not close. I mean, Ovi's still there too, but yeah, I mean, take, uh, take Ovechkin out of that because he's in his own category. But I mean, name two other people you'd rather have on your wing than Brad Marshawn. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I would take Ovi over him. That's about it. That really is it. And That's I don't it. even know if I would. Like, I, I would, but I, it's just more of a bias towards I love Ovechkin. I always have. Um, but, like, Marshawn, he plays, he plays a 200-foot game so well. He should be in the Selkie conversation every year, and he's not. And well, I think he will be. With. Yeah, exactly. Look, I agree. And that's why I know. Yeah, exactly. He is. But I mean, he, almost he gets overshadowed by both guys, right? Like everyone's like, Pasta's a score. Bergeron's the perfect 200-foot player. Marshawn's a lead. He's great. It's like Marshawn's the best player out of the three of them at this point. Marshawn should be in top three for the heart race right now. Yeah, 100%. Watch him play on both ends of the – watch how physical he plays. And right. they're, well, they're clean. Like, I, but – I don't know. We're just going to sit here and beat this drum forever. So let's jump into our next topic. Brucey Bruce got the vid. I, we're all happy that Bruce is asymptomatic and it's probably, honestly, like it was probably a freaking false positive, but who knows? They said like, what do you like mild symptoms, if anything? So, yeah, uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's just not in tonight. Um, yeah. Last night he didn't uh, coach, right? No, I think that, Sacco took over. Yeah. And I, I would um, assume Sack will be there tomorrow too. And then we'll see. Yeah, yeah. He'll be out for what, 10 days probably? I don't know. No, because he's vaccinated. So he just has to have two negative tests. So yeah, we'll see when that Fauci's, happens. Fauci's rules don't make sense, not to get into yeah. politics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll just be the two negative tests and he'll be able to come back. I don't think he has to wait the 10 days. We'll see. I have no idea. But I mean, how I don't. Much, how much does that affect the Bruins, though? Doesn't. It doesn't affect the no. team at all. Like <laughs> at this point in the season, it's not affecting you at all. Like, you, you're going out there, you're doing your job. And the Bruce's message is being funneled through his assistant coaches. I mean, you saw that Sacco actually like did something that I wish Bruce would do for since he took over. He rode his guys late in the game. Like he rode pasta played 23 minutes last night. He rode the guys when they needed a goal. We lost, but Bruce doesn't really do that. Bruce will roll lines, roll lines. Um, but you know, let's get into the topic, the major topic, the one that, so can we, uh, can we put yeah. one more thing on that Bruce, uh, COVID thing? Yeah. You think he's just, uh, putting on a show because he has to trade DeBrusque and this is why he's just avoiding him for the next 10 days until, <laughs> uh, Sweeney makes a move? No, I thought about, I was like thinking about this earlier, right? I was like, well, yeah, we're going to get into the breast topic next, but so. And do you, do you think like DeBrusque is like, thank fucking God. I don't have to look this guy in the eyes right now. He has yeah. to be like, yes, like, thank God. But we'll jump oh, right yeah. into it. Jake DeBrusque requests a trade. I'll give my opinion last. Let's go Kevin, you first. Nick second, I'll go last. 
Yeah, like, I mean, he definitely kind of had to see it coming. It's just, I think it's going to be good for DeBrus to get the new change of scenery. It's just, he's kind of like soured a little in Boston that like you saw last night. As soon as he touched that buck, the whole garden was booing. I was just, I was sitting on my couch laughing. I was like, classic Boston. It's just who we are, salt of the earth people. It's, you wrong us? Hey, guess what? F you. So... It's definitely funny, but give me interested to see what we get in return. That's gonna be the biggest part. You need to get something out of them. So, yeah, I think um, I think it's tough to see this come down to what it has been. I mean, Debrusque is always. I've always rooted for Debrusque. I always thought he was flashy. I thought he had quick hands. I think he was good down low, and then he kind of disappeared the last two years. Um, Seems like a great locker room guy. I mean, that's going to be definitely, that's a tight-knit group of young guys in there, and they all hang out together, you know that. And not that all the other teams don't have the same bonding and chemistry, but I feel like there's something close with that young group of guys in Boston. Um, I mean, DeBrush just never lived up to what he was, and I think a lot of that has to do with Don Sweeney failing to make a pick in that 15 draft. Um, I mean, you have three picks there. You got Session. Um, Zaboro and Jake DeBras. You miss out on Barzell, which is the biggest name in my eyes, uh, which I just can't get over because it's so fun watching that kid skate around the yeah, ice and ridiculous. skate around in circles. Um, but you know, there's a pressure. You missed out on Shabbat, team. too, right? Thomas Shabbat was missed out yeah, on. He was up there. There was another big name, Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor. That was Kyle it. Connor is the guy I wanted them to take in that position, but we know what happened. I mean, they were going after Hannafin, they were going after Hannafin, and they didn't right. they weren't able to make the deal and it was a reactionary move there that they didn't know what to do and I think that's kind of where it went. But I mean uh, to piggyback of everything you just said, I agree completely. Like I've always been a Jake DeBrus guy. I've always wanted to see DeBrus succeed. I loved his 27 goal season. I loved his rookie year. Then something happened where he stopped going to the dirty areas. He stopped going to those hard spots and like you know, like Jake DeBrus, his dad was like a hard-nosed hockey player. So, you know, like that that's in him somewhere. And he, he has it. And it wasn't getting brought out of him. And this leads me to my question to you where we've seen a group of young players with a lot of talent not work out in Boston, right? So let's start with – let's go Bork, Bjork, Heinen, DeBrusque. Three guys who right away showed flashes of talent in NHL-level skill. And we weren't able to develop them into an everyday NHL player. And it looks like they got worse under us. Who do we blame? Yeah, I think you I think you blame the system on that yeah. one. I think that's Bruce to, Cassidy. Right? Bruce Cassidy is kind of – I don't think he has full control over that team as much as, you know, getting them all up to speed and, you know, playing both ways of the puck. I think he's all kind of defense first mentality just because of his first line and Bergeron always having – the defense is back and I guess those guys are more focused on offense, but when your coach is making you really think about your defense and play hard on D, you kind of lose that offensive touch. You make your skits, go make those extra plays to fly the zone, maybe a half second too early. I think you kind of get held back. And, you know, when you're off your game and you're playing your game that got you to the NHL, how can you continue? Yeah. And I agree. Like, I, I think that one thing that's lost in Boston and we always talk about, it's like secondary scoring, secondary scoring. Well, there are guys who, aren't great defensive hockey players, but score goals. You don't have to 
make every single square peg fit in a round hole. And I think that's the biggest problem with Boston. They want everyone to be Bergeron, right? They want everyone to be that two-way player. And yeah, if everyone was Bergeron, we'd win the cup every year, but we there's a salary cap. So that can't happen that way, right? So it's like, we look at it and, you know, maybe we like, we need guys, like more guys, like, you know, the way they just drafted, right? A guy like Fabian Lysel. They don't, they're not, I hope they don't expect that kid to go play defense. Right. You know, he'll have some, but he's a, he's a goal scorer and we need more of that. But I think we had that in guys like DeBrusque and Heinen and Bjork and we didn't, we didn't develop them into just being maybe less than Heinen. Right. But he's doing pretty good this year in Anaheim, but a guy like Bjork, who's like a top end, like talent guys like Frank Vetrano, who still have found career scoring goals, guys like Ryan Donato. Like, why did we not push these guys forward to just be goal scorers and let, you know, put a, put a defensive center on their line that can make up for some of that. I think that in a point, I think Bruce has trouble with almost coddling these young kids when they need to. And, you know, you see him, he's a very blunt guy, right? So like we always, he, he's very clear with the media. He's very clear with the fans. He's the same way with his players. And, you know, some people respond differently to that type of blunt criticism. And I think, I think he loses some sort of touch there with those guys who need like a little more coddling or maybe just a little more positive reinforcement, you know? I don't know. It's just like how I look yeah, at it. It's like different generations, different generations and how it used to be in the NHL. I mean, these guys, they can't get yelled at like they were before. And no. it's just a different, it's a different game. And I think, um, I think everyone's trying to mirror Bergeron and play both sides of the puck and nobody is going to be that good. I think Bergeron's one of the best to ever play yeah. um, when you talk about two-way centers in the NHL. But, you know, you can't have a team full of Bergeron's as a salary cap and it's just impossible to have a team of perfect men. But, yeah. you know, they're being held to... Perfect, know, beautiful men. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're not, um, you know, they're not playing their offensive game like they usually are because they're worried about the defensive side of the puck. And I think, uh, you know, I think we're starting to realize that is is Bruce really that great of a coach or does he just have a great group of guys around him? <laughs> exactly. Because you go back when Char was on the team, Char had that locker room. Bergeron has that locker room right now. Um, you know, he had the stint before the Capitals and he did was not work. young, but it did not work out. And I think you're starting to see that this year with Krejci gone because he's another guy in the locker room that, you know, the guys look up to yeah. and the guys play for Krejci because he's that veteran. And, yeah. You know, you're not really always in it for the coach, but you're in it for the guys around you and who's in that locker room. And you're missing a lot of key people and then losing to Russ too. I think that's going to shake some things up, especially yeah. on the back end, Charlie McAvoy. Good yeah, friends. no, like, yeah, they're Grizzly, friends, like, you know, and all. pasta, pasta friend, friends with them. And that's where I look at it, right? And it's like, I, I'm not ready to jump to the Bruce isn't a good coach conclusion, right? I don't think you are either. But it's no, like the no, flags, the not. flags are starting to be raised, right? It's like when you, when you have your first round pick, your first round pick, right? A guy who has been proven in the NHL, want to leave, and you know he gets along well with other guys on the team. It's when you have to start to look at it and be like, something's up here, right? So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But um, let's look at let's look at some possible trade returns. What do you think we could get for DeBrusque? I mean, which is obviously so important, right? I mean, right now, my biggest one I'd love to see is the Dylan Strom. You keep hearing around there. One for one. Yep. Both Two wayward guys draft. with a ton of talent. Was, I think he was the – yep, I think uh, Strom went three, three or four overall. Yeah. And like hasn't really proven himself. Yeah, you know, no. you take uh, one for one swap, you get them kind of in different sceneries. You know, who knows? If if we had to add a piece back, I wouldn't be opposed to adding a fourth runner. 
you know. No, no I wouldn't have anything wrong with that. I wouldn't have anything wrong with that. Um, yeah, I look at that. I look at, you know, DeBrusque and an asset for Connor Garland. I saw you rolled it down. I agree with that. That's something I thought about. You know, Garland um, is obviously – he looked great. He looked great against a situate native, good player. Um, yep. And I, I really think that he could be an asset for the Bruins. Yeah, and uh, one other one I had down here too is uh, do we see Phil the throwback? I know uh, he's on his last year of his contract with Arizona. He's looking to make a move, maybe get a run for the cup, but uh, he might be uh, interested in Boston once he finds out that uh, Encore just got built. I heard he's a big gambler, so that might uh, entice him over here. And he's definitely hit hit up Fenway before for a Fenway Frank. So oh I definitely God, think yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I would love to see Phil the throw back in Boston. It didn't work out the first time, but like I mean, I, I think that Phil could easily fit back in now. Like, you know, but that would be, I mean, you know, just get Phil. He's a literal mercenary, I think, at that point. Like he'd come in, he just he'd be that guy just trying to score goals and trying to win. And I wouldn't yeah, I don't mind that. The, uh... I'd love to see the picture of him and Pasta like next to each other. It'd be like that meme versus you versus the girl that uh, you versus the guy that your girl told you not to worry about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, literally, like it'd be so funny. Like I think that that's like I think they would get along well too. Those two. Like I gotta see like Phil being. He. Oh, I mean, yeah. I would. I would definitely welcome back Phil the thrill. I think everyone would, right? Um, yeah. I don't know what he uh, makes for Dinero, so that might be a little tough. But good brute on the bench. He'd yeah. be like, uh, like, uh, pasta, you gotta pass me the park. Like, I yeah. sorry, I don't understand. What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, he's just such like a give me the puck guy. I don't know if it'd work, but it, it might. It might. I mean, I could see, like, I don't know. You know, you've had guys who have played with him, like Hall played with him. Obviously, Bergeron played with him. You guys have played with him. So I wonder yeah, how they feel. About guy it. Who needs some help. Taylor Hall. Yeah. Played good last night, though. He did play good last night. I think he. I think we're gonna get at least a point out of at least. An, I mean, he had a point tonight. A great pass to pasta last night. I think he gets a goal tomorrow. We'll see. I could be wrong. Been wrong a lot of times, but we'll see. I actually, I didn't. I didn't mind how that line looked. I actually want to give you a little thing. I, I was thinking about. I really like pasta, and I really liked the combination of pasta and Hall. I think that pasta and Hall could be something. Yeah, they had that centerpiece, a game 46. Just let him no, let Coil play. Coyle. No, stop. You know, I really thought, like, I think Coyle's played okay. Like, I think if you put both of them on his sides and you move Smith up to the first line, Marshawn and Bergeron, I think it would work. But it's probably not going to happen. So, Bruce doesn't like to take he, – he only moves them off that line for, like, a period, never anymore. <laughs> but I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, one that. I mean, let's do this. Tuka Rask. How about Tuca practicing with the Bruins goalies on Monday? We talked about it each week, but it's still it's going to yeah. happen, I think. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we talked about the scenario. What do you do? You got Squam and you got Mark who looked great the other night. Um, and now you got Tuca, who was trying to get back into the mix here. So, you know, you might have to take the uh, take the L in the Allmark signing and ship him out of here. And I think you bring Tuca back if things are close around All-Star break. Yeah, I, I do too. I don't know what they'll do though. I don't know. I don't think that Sweeney will accept that Olmark was a mistake that fast. And I think we could see the mistake happen of us sending Swayman down. I really do. Let him go be the number one guy down in Providence. And I don't agree with it, but I, I think it's definitely a high possibility. I talked to my dad about it tonight. I asked him, I was like, Hey, what do you think will happen? He's like, what do I want to happen is that they would send him, they'd put Olmark on waivers or try to move him. 
He's like, but I don't think they will. He's like, I think they'll send Swayman down because he doesn't have to go through waivers. But yeah, which sucks for him. I mean, it does. You got to look at. Hopefully, you know, Bruins are in a playoff spot by the time Rask is they ready to be. get back. And, you know, if Swayman's a big part of that, how do you do that? You know, I, I agree. Think has to go. That's no, I my agree. Opinion, but I agree. Who knows? I mean, your safest bet is just sending Swayman down. But, you know, you're going to kill the kid's confidence. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you heard both Don and Cam's comments. They both reiterated that the goalies have been okay and that if Tuka wants to play, he's going to play for the Bruins. So it's kind of like, it's pretty clear cut. I think Tuca's going to come back and they know that a decision's to be made to who's going to be, you know, the other guy. But on the bright side, Tuca's going to come back. And exactly. Now you got some stability on the back end there. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I agree. It makes the Bruins fans a lot more comfortable, even though there's a lot of Rask haters out there. I mean, I'm not a huge, huge fan of them, but never have been. When you look back, I mean, the guy's, one of the best Bruins goaltenders of all time. He has all-time wins. He's going to get his number retired. Um, it's just if he could just learn to play in big games, I wouldn't have as much of an issue with him. I mean, if Tuco wins the Cup in 2019, the narrative's different, right? So it's one game, and right. I've had definitely like up and down on him, but I, I'm realist in that point. And I mean, kind of like brings me to the last thing. It's like looking at this Bruins team, right? It's like I think they're trending in the right direction. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Dabrowski. And I like what I see it as a Borel. I really do. He's looked good. What do you think the Bruins need to be better? Like, what do you think that one piece they're missing is? Kevin, you can start this one. Yeah, so like we were saying earlier, too, it's like that secondary scoring. But I think just, just the elite D, like having someone that also like match up with McAvoy and like takes all the pressure off McAvoy from being that number one guy. Like McAvoy is the number one guy, but you know what I mean? Like, Gotta have his back. Off. Yeah, exactly. You need he can't be doing it all by himself. Agreed. And it's just not fair to him. Just very such a young player to take that much pressure on and just gets to a point like how long can you do that? Like how long gonna make this 23-year-old kid be your focus without giving him help and allow yeah. him to even go more into his talent and let him be better and let the team be better. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um I think like Grizzlick has not Grizzlick and Carlo are both having their worst years analytically and stats so far this year, which doesn't help. But yeah, Nick, what do you think we need? I mean, I don't think there's one thing that the Bruins need yeah, right now. That's I think good point. it's a mix of it's it's the defense, it's the goalie situation right now. It's secondary scoring. It's secondary scoring. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. It's keeping Masha on, you know, suspension free, apparently. Um yeah. I don't know. I think they just they're missing a lot right now, and I don't see them going too too far the way they're going right now. I no. think this this trade here for DeBrus is going to be big. We need someone decent back. I think they yeah. don't need to rush this one. Um worst case you just uh, taking him out of the lineup. Um I don't know. Yeah, I mean like right so it he can he can get scratched and once the covid situation in Providence eases up like we can we can call up Chris Wagner, we can call up Shenishin, we can call up Steen, we can call up Sidnika. We have guys who can come and play that role. He's fucking playing six minutes. It's like we have a lot of guys who can right. do that. Like this isn't we don't need brain surgery to happen. But I don't know. That's it for the Bruins. Kind of a little up and down, a little negativity there. Let's just do a quick wrap up on the past. Kevin, I'll let you go crazy on this one. There you go. How do you feel about your Patriots? Dude, I'm loving it. Six straight wins, but the biggest test of the season is coming up this Monday against the Bills. It's going to really show that, like, are we able to hang with what everyone has as a favorite in the East? So the Bills have definitely been up and down. I think the big part is 
their lack of a run game. They don't have the run game. We've been doing good, so we can like stop the little they have and legit make Allen sit back there and throw 50 plus times. He shows he can make the mistakes, and so I'm really hoping it. And yeah, Allen throwing interceptions. I mean, Jake's will Jake will probably lose fantasy. No, if you have if you let Allen throw the ball 50, 60 times, I'll be happy. I don't care. I'll still get yeah, the points. Yeah, but I think <laughs> really outside Diggs and Knox, which that's the whole thing. Our safeties are so good at covering tight uh-huh. ends. I really don't think Dawson Knox will have the greatest game. And then you, if you like, Emmanuel Shepard, Sanders is pretty good. Yeah, he's all right. Cole but Beasley's Jay- all right too. J.C. Jackson on Stephon Diggs will be a good matchup to watch. Oh, for sure. Definitely see what comes out of that. So I'll let see what Maine's got his opinion on this. Yeah, Pats are rolling, huh? It's yeah. just crazy. Six straight wins. Um, like you know, like you said, Kev. Bills are going to be the biggest test. It's the favorite of the East, uh, the AFC East, rather. And I thought myself that the Bills are going to roll through this division all year. I thought they oh, were going to just too. cruise control all the way through. But six straight wins. Things are looking uh, on the up for the Patriots. Bills look okay. I mean, they looked great last week, but they looked shaky the past few weeks before that. Uh, primetime game, Monday night. I mean, it's, I don't know, Mac Jones. I, I'd love to see it out of him again on primetime and, you know, I'm all over this kid. If, you know, he can pull it off against the Bills, I'm all in. I think the Patriots go pretty far this year now. He looks great. Um, you know, going to trademark MJ, uh, MJ10. I don't know how I like that. Yeah, it's not quite TV12. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, um, it's never going to be that same nickname no, like TV12. Um, I love it, so though. It's, it's not like, that like, off. Give confidence. He's had a second career 300-yard game. So. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'll definitely buy buy some merch. MJ10. Manzi, when you watch the games, do you wear your Bucks Brady jersey or no? Uh, are you telling everybody have uh, <laughs> <Bucks>? <laughs> How do you know I have one of those? Uh, I've seen you in it. I've seen you post pictures of it. All right, that's a good. Huh? good <laughs> like, you've never seen it in your closet, bro? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, hanging up there. Next, uh, I'm looking at that. My other three Brady jerseys, the white, the blue, and the... Uh, I don't know, another blue. <laughs> uh, no, it hurts. It hurts. I don't put that on. I uh, I just I watch the games with the frown on my face. That's it. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I mean the Pats look good, right? They've been rolling. I, I really I actually think they're now my favorite out of the AFC if they just keep playing this way. Their defense is playing great and they're somehow just doing great. So that's fine. It's fine. Like the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Unlike the Cowboys, which, that's which true. I called last week, everybody Raiders. No, I know you did. The Cowboys have looked bad. Like, you know, there's no other way around it. I'm hoping that they kind of right the ship and play a lot better on Saturday, but they have looked bad. That's it. That's all I have on that. The Cowboys have looked bad. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a shame. They uh, what did they start six and one? Yeah, and they they have six all the and time. one, and then dumpster fire happened. But uh, that's all right. Get used to that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's not like anything crazy for me. I'm used to that. <laughs> I really am. But we'll see how they can pick it up a bit. Let's just get it. I mean, I think it kind of like wraps it up this week for everything, but let's give a bet of the week. I think I'll give one right now. I have for tomorrow night um, a hockey parlay of the Capitals and the Hurricanes. They're both playing weaker teams. I think the Caps and Hurricanes parlay together will give you an okay probably right around even, and you can make a little money on that. It's just kind of a safe bet. Do you have anything, Nick? Uh, I don't have anything really for tomorrow. I had tonight. I like uh, Oilers' puck line over uh, 
Pittsburgh. I think uh, I saw Pittsburgh last week, saw the New Islanders arena, and they looked weak. Uh, Crosby looks, you know, almost non-existent. I don't know what's up with him. Um, I mean, Jake Gensel doesn't look the same. Chris Latane's a scumbag. I hate that guy. (laughs) I hate Chris Latane, too. Um, Oh, my God, he's terrible. And, you know, I sat next to a – he's a reporter on Twitter, and he works for The Globe um for the Yankees and we, he was a Pittsburgh Penguins fan so we sat there and we had talked with him for a while and he was all over you know Cindy Crosby's the best Malkin's the best and he's just like the typical Pittsburgh uh homer guy but you know they're great when they're on but you know no Malkin Crosby doesn't look the same Chris Letang again is they're a getting older. I mean they're just getting older like that team that's where I mean yeah, they're getting they're older just got no one. they got nothing right now so um kind of just to bounce off of that while uh, I still have the subject in my head, but it was funny. I was reading something the, the other day. Someone tweeted, and it was like, oh, the Red Sox, everyone's complaining. They haven't done anything in the offseason. But, uh, you know, the names don't lie, and they listed all the stuff a couple teams did, all the signings, and they get to the Red Sox. And uh, it was like the one uh, one lower-tier guy they signed, and then they listed the Pittsburgh Penguins roster. Because, yeah. Uh, John Henry recently purchased the team. So Yeah. Yeah, nine hundred million. Part owner LeBron, LeBron James. James thing, which I yeah, LeBron James is part owner too. I know. It's funny. Um, Lemieux bought the team for like a hundred million. He sold it for nine hundred. It's a pretty good return. Oh, it was crazy. I yeah, uh, I read something that Lemieux was owed money. I think it was around twenty million dollars by the Penguins, and he defaulted so they can pay some of their debts. He bought into ownership, and you know now his twenty million dollars went to like you know nine hundred million. So he gets yeah. Is he like forty six percent on? Yeah, something like that. So he just made like four hundred like mil. Yeah, like five hundred million dollars. Yep. that's a good day. That's a good day, for sure. God forbid we get some good pitching or some players or retained players. You know, it's annoying, dude. It's annoying. It's like, come on, socks. All right, I think that wraps it up for this week, guys. That was another good episode. We'll get back at it next week, maybe a little bit longer. Talk more about football. Um, you guys can give us a follow at at Q the duck boats with a Z on Twitter. And we're brought to you guys in partnership with inside the rink inside the rink is blowing up right now with more and more hockey news. So get over there, check out their Twitter at inside underscore the underscore rink, check out the website um, inside the rink.com. There's hockey news for all, all the teams pretty much going on and they're putting out new content every day. So check them out. Thanks guys. <laughs>